for them. Visit GormanSharp.com for more information. Gorman Sharp Funeral Home, our family serving yours. Let's get biblical. God, the omnipotent ruler of heaven and earth, breathed into dirt the breath of life. Here's Bruce the Theologian on The Elijah Har Show. I don't know who is smiling more, but I th- I'm pretty sure it's Garrett. You love making this new intro music, don't you? It's it's my magnum opus. So far, <laughs> mixing Jesus stuff with music producing stuff, I'm, I'm top of the world right now. Uh, every Tuesday we have Bruce, the theologian on to talk about something new in the Bible and in theology today. We're going to offend people. We're going to talk about church music. Should we be upbeat? Should we be classical? What's the best and what's the Bible say? So Bruce, welcome back. How you doing? I'm I'm great. What's your preference? What's your musical preference in church? Um, I'm a, I'm a, in the traditional camp as far as um, as far as music goes. I'm not a fan of contemporary music. That that's not saying that there isn't some good uh, newer contemporary music out there. But as a as, as the entire scope of a service, uh, I would find myself in the more traditional camp. Yeah, that's. That's something real quick that I'll, I'm always curious about. A lot of times people just assume that when you say this music is bad for church, that that means you don't like the music or that it's somehow devil worshiping or something like that. But there's a big difference between music you can kind of listen to throughout your day and music that I think many people believe belongs inside a church service. Yeah, I think there, there's certain kinds of music that, that lend themselves to the more... Um, traditional spiritual model that the church has exist is has used in the past, um, but I think that the core of what the um, contemporary Christian movement is is a, a desire to see uh, and, and maintain the youth in the church. Um, I think the church has been kind of chasing youth culture since the 1950s. There's a great book out there by a guy called Thomas Burgler. It's called The Juvenilization of American Christianity. Um, and he he analyzes what's gone on in the church, and um, basically the the church has been obsessed with youth. The the church on mass, not not every area of the evangelical church, but the church mostly in the United States has been obsessed with youth youth culture since the 1950s. And as a result, every every 10 or 15 years, the church tries to reinvent itself in order to try and maintain the youth. Um, the downside of that is that the youth have been leaving the church in the last 30 years. Um, 90% of people raised in the church um, have left the evangelical church after graduating college. So obviously um, the, the time ahead doesn't look good uh, under the current model, uh, despite all the efforts to try and maintain the youth in the church. Okay, let's, let's, let's say, what's the Bible say about Christian worship? What is the... Because, you know, we, we sort of jumped forward in the, well, we're not saying there's a right and wrong, but is there a right and wrong from the biblical perspective? Um, the, you have this, the, the reference to psalms, um, uh, hymns, and spiritual songs. Um, there's the regulative principle of worship, the normative principle of worship. Those are we, those are kind of other shows we would get into. Um, but um, uh, the the Bible certainly wouldn't, or at least from, from the regulative principle of worship that, that my church follows, the Bible would, um, the, the way we see the Bible is that um, the Bible wouldn't endorse um, the use of entertainment in in worship. And I think what you see across the board in evangelicalism today is an entertainment model. Um, you see that in the, the, you have the praise and worship band up on the stage. And, uh, I mean, you've certainly seen it over the last 20 or 30 years. 
is that the the lights go down and the focus and the energy is on the on the platform of the stage and uh, the congregation is is uh, is a secondary thought the, even the the music that's used today in the contemporary worship services is not musically structured to be sung congregationally it's it's structured to be sung uh, by a soloist or by a praise team but not it is not it's factually not congregational singing and it's not designed to be and and that is a problem because it, it disengages the the audience uh, not not the audience but the, the congregation from the act of worshiping as as one unit um is and i think that would be the preferred model okay isn't it isn't it true that a lot of what we now consider classical hymns at one point were you know bar songs or 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 modern melodies of their day yeah yeah i mean every everything was contemporary in its time I think the downside is is because the church has been chasing the culture since the 1950s. The church, the, the culture now has become so corrosive um, that I don't think you can uh, you can sanctify the unholy. Um, I think that's that's evidence in some of the stuff we've seen from groups like Hillsong. I had the misfortune a couple of years ago of online watching Hillsong's Christmas uh, pageant, um, uh, complete with um, buxom women running across the stage and all things about Santa Claus and the elves and it had really nothing to do with the, with Christ and the meaning of Christmas um, and I think unfortunately a, a lot of churches follow Hillsong they follow their model um, and it's a model of entertainment it's not a model of um, it's it's not a Christian model put it that way let's from the perspective of these churches their theory is listen if we have a very staid formal service we're going to lose these kids earlier why would we take the fun out of a uh, out of sunday morning service is that what they would say uh they might say that but those that are saying that if they're losing their young congregants to the tune of 90 percent after the first few years of college then you would think there would be an analysis of why that is uh, certainly keeping them with music is not working uh, if you had a business that where you couldn't keep 90 percent of your customers you'd go out of business and the, from a business perspective, the church in America is going out of business. Uh, the question is, um, uh, what does the church want to do to reanalyze um, how to keep some of these congregants, uh, young congregants with them? Um, and at least from my perspective, as being in the Reformed world, um, it's to preach the gospel. It, it, it is not to get away from uh, um, the, the roots of the gospel. And so much of the evangelical church now is more really of a, a self-help uh, gospel. It's... Uh, People say online it's um, it's a TED talk. Or it's a, it's a it's a discount Coldplay concert and a TED talk. <laughs> Walk us through. You know, earlier before we jumped on the air, we were talking about you're seeing. Obviously, we've seen a decline in people that identify as Christians, uh, but it's it's not just in these these churches that use Bethel or Hillsong or whoever it is. It's across the board, and, and particularly in the Southern Baptists, they've seen dramatic decreases in their church congregation. I don't. And maybe I'm, I guess there are some Baptists that, that are using more upbeat service, but a lot of them are, are not. What's the, what is the theory or what's your theory on how we keep more people within the church if we're, if we're losing that many? Um, I think you should go back to the Gospels. I mean, it, across the board in the Southern Baptist world, we've seen this, this situation with Rick Warren. They followed what we would call a seeker-sensitive model, which they ask the world, how do you want church? And we'll, and we'll sculpt the church for you. But the problem with that is that the, the, the church should be leading the world, not the world leading the church. They've got it the wrong way around. Um, and I think um, uh, 
it's not the, 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 I think the church has failed to pass down Christian history to the next generation. They're not they're not connecting uh, the message of the gospel to the history of the gospel and the in the in the saints of the past. They're trying to they're trying to reinvent the, reinvent the, the model of the church every few years, and at the same time, they are they are losing people at, at, at a rate of ninety percent. I mean, you wouldn't do this in in any industry. Uh, you would never have the youth lead the elderly. You would have the elderly. We get back into the issue of um, of the of the Bible in in Titus, how it talks about the the elderly leading and showing the youth. But if you went to go work for a company, you, you the, the the seniority in that company would would train the youth. Unfortunately, the evangelical church has it the wrong way around. They are letting the youth lead the church. That's why you have you know sixty something year old pastors dressed like Justin Bieber on a Sunday morning, um, and um, it, um, it it looks rather foolish. <laughs> uh I want that verse you mentioned songs hymns and spiritual stuff. What what what's the difference between those three things? Um the, I mean is there a difference the, or there, all- there is somewhat of a difference the, the psalms themselves are the psalms we found in the Old Testament. Um hymns we have hymns I mean in our hymn book at church we have hymns that are you know 4 or 5 600 years old. Um the psalms obviously are in there as well and then spiritual songs i i wouldn't know how to define specifically hymns and spiritual songs but we certainly can define uh, the psalms and then you mentioned earlier you know you said you come from the reformed camp breakdown what is what is the reformed camp um i mean that would be another show across the board but i think the difference um in how worship is approached is that from the reformed perspective we believe that that individuals don't play any part in their own salvation I think from the Arminian uh, perspective that is not Reformed, um, it, it's believed that pe- individuals do play a component in their own salvation, and therefore the, the church model that's put out there is is somewhat of a marketing model. We have to, the, the pastor may say, we have to bring people in and we're going to use these uh, modes of entertainment to do so, whereas from the report, Reformed perspective, you just preach the gospel that, because Christ will bring the people or you know the, the the verse it says uh, you know Christ will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail um we just have a very different perspective on how to grow the church and from the reform camp doesn't believe that one would grow the church with a seeker sensitive model that that many many uh, evangelical churches follow today let's let's go back to these songs the songs that come out of hillsong the songs that come out of bethel uh, obviously used by churches all over the country uh, if the song has sound theology or, or is not, you know, some of them really, as you mentioned, they, they don't really say anything. But if they have, so, is there anything inherently sinful about it, or is it just the entertainment factor that you find uh, maybe not in keeping with the traditions of the church? Yeah, and inherently, I don't think there's fundamentally anything wrong if if a song is of good theology. Um, However, I would say that the problem with things like Hillsong and Bethel Music and Elevation Worship and these and these groups, especially in the case of Hillsong, I mean Hillsong has a pretty dark and grim history. Uh, we've seen that there's lots of been there's been a recent documentary expose on the, uh, one of the cable channels uh, that's really cracked open Hillsong and, and all the the terrible things that have gone on there. They've been in trouble with the government in Australia for misusing funds. Their their founder Brian Houston has been. Uh, um, accused of, uh, not accused, he was um, convicted of drunk driving and, and uh, inappropriate behavior with congregants, women, um, covering up a, a sex scandal. It's it's a very, Hillsong is a very, very dark world, and that's been been brought to light recently. They had their, their pastor in New York, Carl Lentz, was um, found to be uh, in, a, in an inappropriate relationship with a congregant or with a, a woman in the community. So I, I would uh, caution a person 
to an Akashana church um, that's using uh, material that comes from Hillsong, I would consider uh, the source of it. I, I agree with you that just because, uh, um, uh, or I should say, if a, if a uh, uh, modern music, um, it, something like Hillsong, has good quality uh, words and music, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to say that's theologically wrong, but I'm going to be very reticent of the, uh, of the source, put it that way. Garrett, I think you and I probably come from, uh, I enjoy, I, I, I go to a church that has a, a much more upbeat musical portion and I really enjoy it. Um, but I've always wondered, and that particularly that verse, what is, what's the difference between a spiritual song, a hymn and a psalm? And, you know, that is one of the things going to a modern and contemporary church. You miss some of the formalities that you grew up in. Particularly, I grew up in a lot of small country churches that had very traditional hymns, very traditional songs. And you and I, Bruce, you and I have discussed how your church sings the doxology, my church sings the doxology. They are very different doxologies, but we both sing them. Yeah. Um, I think the, for me, the downside is if, let's say, um, if you're going to study the English language, you're going to study um, Shakespeare. And I think if you're going to study Christianity, I think you need to go back to the, the origins of Christianity and some of the, the older songs of the Christian church of the last thousand years or 500 years. I think so much of the modern music is, isn't Shakespeare. It's more like the Twilight series. It's a very <laughs> cheap and cheerful, uh, empty calorie uh, version. I mean, if you, if you just look at the words, look at the words of most, and I'm not saying all, oh, there's some very good modern stuff. We have some modern stuff in our hymn books at church. But I, if I look at the bulk of what I see in, in the evangelical church, we'll, we can use Hillsong or Elevation Worship or Bethel Music and the, uh, those, those institutions. It is, it, it, it's theologically very, very weak. Um, it, it, it can't compare to some of the, the, the old hymns. Now, that said, some of the old hymns are not very good. If you, if you break down some of the theology in some of the old <laughs> hymn books, they're, they're terrible theology. Or, and yeah. some of them are, you know, people people like to talk about new songs and how they repeat the same lines over and over. There's a few classic hymns that are nothing more than repetitive stances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what some people call Seven Eleven songs. You know, they have seven lines and you sing them eleven times. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we're gonna sing the first, second, and fourth verse of this song. I don't know how many times I heard that growing yeah. up. They uh-huh. also a lot of them, I think. And this is one of the things for me is growing up, and a lot of them have fairly antiquated language mm-hmm. that well not bad or anything i remember as a kid being like i don't feel any attachment i think of like a song like beulah land where uh, i'm like yeah. as a kid being like I, I i don't even know what this is who is beulah and why are we singing about this land right. no i appreciate that and beulah land would be kind of one on the list that is is um uh, uh beulah land isn't in our home book at church i'll put it that way <laughs> yeah what would you say if you could? If you were like, oh, the what's your favorite? What's your favorite one to sing? Um, I think you had asked about what one of the things I enjoyed at the Ligonier Conference in London a few weeks ago, and crown him with many crowns, uh, holy, 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 love divine, all love excelling, uh, great is thy faithfulness. Okay, um, that's a great one. Yeah, I grew up with a hymn book called the Great Hymns of the Faith, um, and it's not a perfect hymn book by any means, but there are we we use the Trinity Psalter at our church now. Um, and uh, there's, you know, there's a lot of great hymns in there, uh, and we're, we're very thankful for it. That is one thing about going to a church with a more modern, when they, when they insert a hymn, and a lot of times what they'll do is they'll start with something very upbeat, and then they'll go something in the middle, and they, when they finish with a hymn, particularly one of the really, not saying one's better than the other, but 
when they finish with like a blessed assurance or the doxology, something very classic, mm-hmm. uh, man, it just great is thy faithfulness. Another great one that, that you, it, it feels so much more powerful because it's been more modern up tempo. And then you come back to that right. and it feels like you've come back home. Right. And in many ways you have come back home because you're singing something in that case that may have been sung for the last two or 300 years. I, 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 I don't think in the, in the, the coming years of Christian, uh, um, history to come, um, that uh, people are going to be singing Hillsong songs in 50, 60, 70, 100 years. I, 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 I don't think that will be the case. Uh, as we do every day, question of the day today. Should have asked at the beginning. We waited until the end. What was your favorite age growing up? Favorite age? Um, I think like five, five or six. Really? How come? Um, why? Um, I think you don't, you don't have to pay taxes yet. That's nice. <laughs> that is, um, that's, a, that's a nice and you're, you're somewhat independent um but you're at the same time you're not very re- you don't have to be responsible so um yeah i think four or five is pretty good you, you're, you're physically mobile and can do stuff but very little is expected of you so that's like is, kind is of a five, nice place to be is five also when you started taking master's classes in theology or um, was that a little bit later <laughs> no no it, 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 you mentioned that in england you start full-time school at four, the age of four so, oh, wow. you know, at the age of four, you go off at eight o'clock in the morning and you come back at three. And um, so, yeah, and as a result, you finish uh, you finish high school when you're 16. So you get kind of a head start. But it all it all comes out in the wash, as they say. Very good. Bruce joining us today to talk about uh, music, hymns, Christian songs. We will be right back with candidate for Attorney General Will Sharp about his perspective on what's going on in Israel. 